The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, church. I want to welcome all of you who are here and all that are joining us online. Welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was the summer of 1997. It was on the Indian Ocean off the coast of Kenya and I took a friend snorkeling. I'd met Kenneth in Mombasa, Kenya, and we shared similar interests, and I began reading the Bible with Kenneth, and we spent at least one day a week together studying God's Word. But I thought, as we developed this friendship, I thought, maybe we could go do something besides just read Scripture to develop develop our, our friendship and our relationship. And one of the things that we shared in common is that we were both athletes. I played soccer. He was actually a marathon runner, which fascinated me because he was from Kenya, and all the best marathon runners are from Kenya. At least they have been for the past few decades. So I thought, I asked him, Kenneth, have you ever been snorkeling? We are right on the, the coast of Kenya. And he was actually from that area, and he said, no, I've never actually been out in the ocean. And I thought to myself, well, I think he could probably handle it. He's a marathon runner. He can do this. So I rented some snorkel gear, and we went out, and everything was just perfect. I mean, it was the kind of views that Steve talked about, those that you could only imagine. Faces down in the water, snorkel up. And we were having a fantastic time until... At one point, we both kind of lifted our heads, and we realized that the the clouds had covered the sun, and the wind had picked up, and the waves had started churning in the water. And what we also didn't realize is we were enjoying all of God's creation below the surface of of the, the, the ocean, is that the tide had started coming in. So we really didn't notice what was like five feet of water that we were snorkeling became like 12 feet of water. And after we had gotten our heads up, everything was fine as long as Kenneth's head was down. But as he got his head up, he began to become anxious and fearful. And he began to panic a little bit. Of course, by that time, the wind is really blowing If you're above water, the waves are really crashing in our face, and the water has become very deep. And so, Kenneth, I'm treading water, and Kenneth is trying to tread water, and all of a sudden, Kenneth says, Ben, help me. Well, I'd been trained at that point in my life as a lifeguard. I was like, oh, I got this. So I went over to Kenneth, and I tried to to help him and give him a boost, but As soon as I got over there, he tried to pull himself up, and he pushed me under the water. And, of course, I had to get off, have him push him away and say, and come up for air. And then as we struggled to keep him up and to get him calm, Kenneth, it went from Ben, help me, to Ben, save me. And at that point, I swam over to him. And he just didn't grab onto my shoulder. He wrapped his arms around my body and his legs around mine. And we both started sinking. 
I pried his arms off of me and kicked his legs off of me and swam away just so I wouldn't drown. And then I remember looking over as Kenneth struggled in the water, and I was struggling from fatigue at this point in the water. And I was very anxious, and I was very fearful, and I was very frustrated. And I thought, this is not good. Needless to say, we live in a world today where we're very anxious. And there's lots of fear. And there's probably a little bit of frustration. No one can really blame you if you're anxious about your health right now. No one can blame you. Many of us don't know exactly what this pandemic means for us. Some can guess to be like, I'll be fine. I don't think it'll be a big deal. Others of us, and I know many, who have said to me, Ben, if I get this, this is a death sentence for me. Or you're anxious, even if you're fine, you're anxious about potentially giving it to someone unknowingly that you love. But for others of us that maybe aren't as anxious about our own health, we're anxious because this time of social distancing has caused all kinds of separation from family and friends and loved ones. There are people in this room today that I haven't hugged in five or six months that I hug every Sunday. There are actually visitors here today that I haven't seen in over a year that I want to hug. And I'm not going to do that today. And I'm anxious about that and I'm frustrated. There's also lots of worry. You can't be blamed if you're worried about the economy and your job. I feel like my job has been very good to me. All the jobs that I have. But if you ask my wife, and I'm completely honest, I'm not worried about what any of my jobs thinks about me. That's not my worry. Now that could be another worry for another time, but that's not my worry. My worry is, which jobs, which positions will exist in the next year? Which businesses will exist in the next year? What will the economy look like in the next year? That is a legitimate worry. And some of you, that if you have children, you're about to enter in a time where not only you have to go to work, but you have to figure out what you're going to do with your children the other three days of the week because they've done this divided schedule for most of our schools. How are you going to work and make sure your kids are okay at home? How are you going to work and make sure your kids are educated? Those are legitimate worries. And there's also a frustration that's happening right now. Many people are feeling like they are missing out on things. 
I was talking with a colleague earlier in the week, and this colleague has a teenage daughter. And over during the, the time of quarantine, her daughter was in a lot of musicals and plays. Fortunately, for some of my kids, some of the things haven't been canceled because they're outdoors, like sports. But some extracurricular activities, like if you're in a musical or play, or if you're in orchestra, you can't congregate and do those things. And she missed out on an opportunity to go to a, a, a camp for those that are gifted in the arts. And she couldn't go. So she was at home and feeling incredibly frustrated. But all the missed opportunities. I think of our college students, and I'm so glad that you guys are back with us. It puts a smile on my face now you can see it. Before it was just, you know, mask. But I think about you, and for those of you moving back into the dorm, maybe those of you are moving into the dorms for the first time, and everybody's wearing a mask. Or you know all the exciting things that are coming, that should be coming, but some of those are going to get canceled this year because of the pandemic. It is understandable and reasonable to be frustrated. We feel anxious, we feel frightened, we feel frustrated. And to be quite honest, some of the time, if not most of the time, it feels like we're sinking. And like my friend Kenneth, we want to cry out, save me, someone just save me. in the series, The Word of the Lord. And the lectionary text we have for today comes out of Matthew 14, verse 22 through 30. The Word of the Lord says this. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But by the time the boat battered, by this time the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to Peter, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and he came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong winds, he became frightened, and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And then Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The disciples had spent what probably felt like a lifetime being battered 
all night long by the waves. All night they were tossed to and fro by the waves and the wind, it says, it was against them. Then they finally see Jesus walking on the water and Peter wants some reassurance that this is Jesus. You can understand that if you see someone walking on water and you think it is a ghost, which is probably what you think it would be, or maybe a figment of your imagination, you'd want a little reassurance. He wants to follow Jesus in the chaos. But he needs a reassuring word from the Lord. He needs guidance. He needs direction. He needs to know that it's secure and safe out there. So he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water with you. So Jesus gives him a word, a word of reassurance, a word of invitation, a word that requires trust. He says, come. So Peter gets out of the boat. He starts walking on the water, and he's going towards Jesus. But as he's walking on the water, he notices again those waves in that wind. And he becomes anxious. In fact, he becomes a little more than anxious. It says he's frightened by what's going on around him. And it says he begins to sink. Let me say this. Life is very fragile. And we know this to be true. You know this to be true when you're exposed out at sea. You know life is fragile. The wind and the waves all around you. And him walking on water with nothing particularly solid underneath him. It's a pretty fragile place to be. And Peter had every right to be anxious and frightened. You would be too. And so he cries out to Jesus, save me, as he begins to sink. And maybe the one of the most overlooked phrases in all of the gospel of Matthew is what happens next. Peter begins to sink and he says, Lord, save me. And then it says this. Jesus reaches out his hand and he catches him. Life feels pretty fragile for most of us right now. The wind is blowing against us. All of us. Not just some of us. It's blowing against all of us. And we have been battered 
by the waves. Some of us more than others. And we want to follow Jesus in this moment of chaos. But we too, like Peter, we need a reassuring word. We really do. We want guidance and direction. We want to walk on water to God. Lord, we say, if it is you, command me to walk to you on the water. So Jesus gives us that reassuring word. He gives us that invitation. He gives us a word that requires some trust. He says, come. And I know you in here. You are the type of people, because you have chosen to follow Jesus, you step out of the boat and you start walking. But we can't help but notice the wind and the waves all around us. We can't help but notice the chaos and we become anxious and fearful. We can't help but notice the perils that threaten all around us and we're frightened. And to be honest, we just feel like we're sinking. Let me say this to you today. You and I, we have every right to be anxious. I don't want to take that out. I don't want you to feel bad for that. Don't feel bad for that. Peter's anxious and frightened. It is natural to feel anxious about your health right now. It is, it is, it is, it's okay to feel anxious about your loved one's health right now. It's okay to feel anxious about not being able to embrace those that you love. And so, as we walk out onto this sea that's battering us and the wind and the waves and we begin to feel like we're sinking and we feel anxious and we cry out, Lord, save us. Jesus reaches out his hand and he catches us. It's actually okay to be a little worried about your job these days. It's actually normal to be worried about your job. It's normal, I think, to be worried about your kids and your schedule and education and all of the things that are happening with the economy and with, your, with life in general about how am I going to manage all that's on my plate and my kids' well-being all at the same time. It's as natural as standing out on water and seeing the wind and the waves and becoming worried and feeling like you're sinking. And so you cry out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand and he catches you. It's actually okay to be frustrated about all the things you're missing out on. It just stinks. It really does. And the real things that we're missing out on, not just imaginary things, or not just, ah, they're real things that we're missing out on. 
It's okay to be frustrated by that. The way I was frustrated at the whole situation with my friend Kenneth and how did we get in this mess and when is it going to be over and how can I? It's okay to be frustrated. And it's also okay to say, Lord, save me. And to have Jesus reach out his hand and to catch you. Just as I looked at Kenneth sinking in the ocean. And I thought to myself, I literally thought, this might be the end for Kenneth. I shouldn't laugh. I was telling my wife this story, and she goes, don't laugh when you say that. She's right, but I <laughs> You want to know a confession? This is what I actually thought. I thought, Kenneth may die, but I'm not going to die. <laughs> How awful is that? But as I sat there in that moment, you know those moments, right? I'm not proud of that moment. But the wind and the waves are battering you. And you feel like you're sinking. You're exhausted. I was physically exhausted. And I looked at Kenneth in this moment of just, what in the world is going on right now? And then all of a sudden, Kenneth's eyes burst wide open. And he says, I just kicked something. So I put my goggles back on and I looked down in the water. And sure enough, in the middle of nowhere, at the bottom of the ocean, is this boulder that's probably six, seven, eight feet off the ground. So I pulled Kenneth over and I stood on that boulder, the water above my head. I said, Kenneth, come stand on this boulder. Come stand on this rock. Kenneth puts his feet on the rock. And the wind and the waves are still all around us. But that rock gave us a moment to catch our breath. To calm ourselves down. And then Kenneth and I, we put our heads down. We had enough energy. We swam back to shore. I remember getting to shore, literally just sitting there, laying there, being exhausted. And for probably five minutes saying nothing. And then all of a sudden, Kenneth says, that was amazing. (laughs) And I looked at Kenneth. And I went, sure. (laughs) I didn't think it was that amazing. Now, I want to say this. I know that not all stories end as well as mine and Kenneth's. I know that. I know that not all stories end the way Peter does. And I wish I could tell you, but I can't. I don't know why. Some end the way mine did and some don't. But here's what I do know today. What I know today is what the word of the Lord has for us. And it has this word for you and I today in this season. That when the wind and the waves of life are strong and we feel like we are sinking, when we are anxious and frightened 
and frustrated and we yell out, save me. Jesus reaches out his hand and he catches you and me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's stand.